My name is Mike, 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 Dark, 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 Dark. And I am Richard Wag, Wag, Wagner. We're back. This is Radio Waves. My name is Mike Stark. And Richard Wagoner. And joining us for his monthly visit from Sounds That Brand and a recovering program director, <laughs> Dave Beezine, is with us. Hey, how are you? Thanks for having me back. Is yeah. it is it February? It is. Wow. It is. And yeah, the, the year's moving right along, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Uh, you're, we're glad you're here this week because uh, Richard's column this week is about the ratings. Richard, what did you see in the ratings? And then we'll have Dave tell you how you're wrong. <laughs> there really was well, a holiday that book, much. so nobody's right. Nobody's wrong in the holiday yeah. book. Well, we, we always also know that not only is the holiday book just wrong, that, that uh, Nielsen is kind of stretching it just because no one wants to pay enough to have enough, you know, meters to really uh, get an accurate count. But it's what we always expect. Coast was on top and everyone else was on the bottom. <laughs> Coast, yeah. interestingly, though, I went back a couple of years just to look. They are down a little bit each year. So two years ago, they hmm. kind of peaked. I'm I'm curious I doubt people will ever get tired of Christmas music, but uh, maybe there was more competition this time. I have no clue. Um, the big surprise for me, more than anything else, was K-Earth's stream got a 0.7 share. Hmm. And, and that's pretty damn good when you think about it. That's, that's is, K, is KBC getting that? No, I think they were just below KBC. KBC <laughs> was 0.8. <laughs> so That's funny. Wow. Uh, so streaming is starting to take a little bit of an effect. Then. Yeah, there are a few streams. You had the uh, K-Rock stream, the uh, KNX. I'm not going to call it KNX FM. Everyone knows that the real KNX FM is. Uh, so the KNX news radio stream also showed up with a uh, 0.1. We're going to see more of that, I'm sure. And I, I wonder how they differentiate, how they're able to with different with coding. The, yeah, oh, different different encoding in the yeah, uh, different people meter. The, yeah, yeah, for the people meter. There, 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 that that was a kind of a uh, inside the company controversy at some companies, including Odyssey, that uh, local general managers and programmers were pretty upset when the company said no more duplicating stream and on air. Mm. When they started to insert commercials, uh, the company took back the commercials on the stream and went national with those. Um, the local general managers said, come on, I can get more for those commercials in my market than you can get in national uh, revenue. Sure. Um, and the programmers said, wait a minute, if you add that, 0.7, let's say, onto my over-the-air ratings, which I earned the 0.7 with brilliant programming just as much as I did the uh, the ratings for the over-the-air stream, right. the over-the-air signal. Um, if you add that up, I'm into bonus territory, and now you're taking me out of bonus territory. It's probably why they did it. They want to get everyone out of <laughs> bonus territory. <laughs> Yeah, and they they uh, but it's it's what the bigger companies especially are doing now. Uh, the alternative, when you add them together because you duplicate the commercials as well, is something called total line reporting, and that's where you know that's as KNX has with the AM and FM combined. You don't know how much of it is AM and FM. If you add a stream onto that, it can be added too if the commercials are the same. It has to be one hundred percent 
Yes. Now that that brings up a question that I have wanting to ask. The uh, on KNX AM ten seventy, they do run different programming. Uh, I think it's either on the weekends or night times or something. They're running um, some of that. What do you call it? Brokered type programming, I think. That's probably a move to uh, eventually do it. Do the whole station with Sparter. Sure I'm sure it is. Any other ratings news, Richard, that uh, stood out? Uh, KFI. KFI is killing it still. Um, now this may be the big experiment started after this book. They made their okay. changes with Mo Kelly and moving the other things around. Right. This will be an interesting base. But as we've discussed before, I, I do think it's one of those things that they kind of had to do to stay fresh. And yeah, they might stumble at times, but I think overall they they have pretty solid programming. I don't I don't see anything really happening major in the ratings. In the first book after the uh, changeover, it could go either way. I guess uh, it it takes a couple of months for it to settle. I would think, and and, and they will not care if their six plus falls off a little bit if their twenty five fifty four uh, is stable or goes up. Ah, there you go. That's the key. It's the it's the demo. It's the uh, younger demo they're looking for, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and think about it too. Where else are they going to go? You know, there's not KFI kind of has their own little niche programming. I don't, I, there's not a lot of stations that do what they do uh, just because everyone else went to such selective talk. Yeah, true. And Dave is here to present us a game as, and we love these games, don't we, Richard? These games are great. Yeah. <laughs> the game is name that station. K Earth 101. <laughs> no, no, this is that last was last time, time Richard. <laughs> well, you know, um, that may be your answer. Let me read you a few songs that are on this station, okay? These are songs all taken from one daytime monitor of that station. Um, 6.48 in the morning, for example. The Lemonheads with their cover of Mrs. Robinson. 7.49, Depeche Mode, Personal Jesus from 89. Selena K Rock, there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Ramones, 9 22 a.m., Blitzkrieg Bop from 76. Guns N' Roses, Paradise City, 1989, 947. Mm. Cranberry's Dreams, 10.02. Blind Melon, No Rain at 10.50. Another Depeche, lots of Depeche Mode. Depeche Mode at 11.22 from 1990. It's Enjoy the Silence. Lots of Cure, The Cure, Love Song at noon uh, from 89. From 1985, Dramarama, Anything, Anything, at 1.15 p.m. Um, Spin Doctors at 3.47 p.m. Two Princes, Social Distortion, Ring of Fire, from 1990. Uh, the Cure again, Friday, I'm in Love. Y you called it. It's K-Rock. The only one that doesn't fit is the Guns N' Roses song. A Pretty much bit. everything else, everything else uh, matches... Rock of the 80s, even. <laughs> it could actually, exactly. in some ways, be what Jack was kind of doing for a while, but maybe they took some of the songs back. Uh, I always crack little... up with Depeche Mode because, you know, they're always uplifting, happy-go-lucky songs. Yes, <laughs> kind of dancey. <laughs> <clears throat> even though the lyrics might be dark, they're having a good time about it. Exactly. Yeah, it, it's about 35%, uh, depending on the day, a little over a third of their daytime music is pre-2000, so 20th century stuff, which it's interesting to me that, you know, I'm a 
focus group guy and i'm i'm picturing if i read those songs and got you to react in a focus group what station that is it's interesting to me that you so quickly went to k-rock on those songs because they haven't played those songs in years most of them yeah and yet they have that identity they own uh, those songs because they broke those songs back back in the day but the audience that they broke that to are now in their 40s, 50s, 60s. They're, they're not 18 to 34, which is where K-Rock was always fighting, duking it out in the rancor all these years up against KISS and stations like that. So it's it's very interesting development. It is exactly what I think we discussed on this podcast about six months ago. When did Kevin Weatherly return to K-Rock? Yeah. Right. Uh, I said at the time, this is where he must go, and it took a few months, but that's now where he's gone, and it's it's a much more gold-oriented station. Now, after 7 o'clock, some currents start to creep back in, uh, more currents start to creep back in, and then after 9 o'clock or so, they get uh, pretty heavily current, um, like, the, like K-Rock was in recent years. Uh, that's where they're taking care of their relationships with the record labels and the artists, and they're helping book Weenie Roast. Um, so, <laughs> not that there's a quid pro quo. I, I would also think that that would be when the younger listeners who might want new music are listening because awesome. older people are watching TV by that time. So, it's not a bad way to break new music. That's the theory. Yep. This is a lot like what 91X did, too, right? Yeah, exactly. It's very similar. There's about two currents, although one of them might be on the way down, kind of fading as a current, more of a recurrent, but there's two currents in the per hour in the daytime and one definite recurrent from, you know, a year or two ago, um, which I don't have the comparison from a year or two ago, but um, that's, that's quite a change for, for K-Rock. They're not imaging it they're not selling it they're not calling attention to it they're just being k-rock world famous k-rock it sounds like the kind of imaging that uh mr weatherly had back in the day right uh, and um so it sounds very much like the kind of k-rock that a lot of 25 to 54 year olds grew up with but significant i think that uh the difference in on paper between um the some of the titles may be the same as things that uh, kevin Payton played in years past but of course they are new to the station again because they're gold that has been off the station for quite a while. Is it working so far? Or is it too early to tell? Are they attracting? Probably too early to tell. I don't know if it's enough, whether they've gone far enough. Uh, we shall see. And will it but, backfire and cause them to go too old? Nah. No. You've done the surveys in your uh, at your day job with the uh, kids at the high school, and they're not listening to K-Rock. <laughs> well, I just remember a story a long time ago where uh, back when KBC was actually still doing well and the KLOS people were, you know, kind of high on the horse about, you know, they're they're attracting such a much a younger audience and then someone ran the numbers and said, "Well, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not that much." Yeah. Music, new music these days is in is in what Guy Zapolian, a uh, prominent consultant who's mostly retired now, but he still keeps in touch with things and he, he always came up with this great theory for the cyclical nature of popular music he called calls it a 10-year sort of a cycle 
the last year, the last time of resurgence in new music was, he says, 2015, uh, caused by the smartphone explosion at the time. Mm. It caused a lot of new music to to suddenly be um, um, in vogue. But uh, he says that we're clearly in the doldrums cycle. Of it, and what gets you out of the doldrum cycle is another big sociological shift, or some new, very new music trend that starts to take off. Uh, because, at, and then once it does, that will become mainstream. It'll be big for a while. New music will be big for a while, and then the imitators and the extremes of that type of music will will set in, and people will start to sour on it again. And you go back to the doldrums, according to his theory. So we are still in the doldrums, have been for a few years. Um, and then there's other things happening too that uh, I wonder is going to could affect the 10 year music cycle uh, in terms of its length. But uh, people are largely discovering music now through YouTube and Spotify and streaming and all that sort of a thing. New to me is what matters as opposed to new new music. Right. Uh, you've got lots of pop culture, whether it's Stranger Things or, or what have you, that are playing older music, and it's brand new to that. I got. High school kids in my back yep. seat singing Passa Ducci on the left hand side, you know. <laughs> and, but, hey, that's my song. And, yeah, exactly. No, I hope not. And then the huge erosion to streaming just in general makes it tough for radio. Yeah. yeah. Well, that 10 year cycle thing, it you can trace that all the way back to Elvis. Because mm -hmm. you got you had Elvis, and then ten years later you had the Beatles. Ten years later you had rock music kind of take over, and that ten year cycle is a real thing, I think. And it's interesting that you pointed out that one of the ten year cycles wasn't even because of a group; it was because of a technology, the yeah. smartphone. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I should uh, look that up, but we don't have time right now. But the guy has his whole 10 years, and he, I think he has cited technology or big sociological shifts once or twice before as the impetus. But, uh, um, yeah, it's you can definitely track those, uh, those cycles. That's my armchair quarterbacking observation for this episode. Um, it's, it's fun to be the uh, programmer in exile, uh, in other words. <laughs> the guy nobody would hire uh, that uh, gets to to see what's going on. It's a lot more well, fun this way. It, it's super interesting stuff. And in reality, much more interesting than a lot of radio. So we thank you again for uh, joining us on, on the show. And uh, we'll see you next month, uh, as always. And uh, anything else going on, Richard, that we need to talk about? I, I don't think so. There's not really a lot going on right now at all. Okay. Well, that's another edition of Radio Waves. We'll see you next week. Mm -hmm.